0: Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to you all, regular listeners and newcomers too. We are recording the Worcester Talking News to you, which is brought to you in, in conjunction with the Worcester News and Equipment Services for the Visually Impaired. Our news today is from Friday 28th of April until today, Thursday the 4th of May, recorded at Colin Chance House, Wilds Lane, Worcester, WR51DA. You will hear useful telephone numbers, theatre news, Sunrise and sunset, birthday wishes, and then the headline stories for each day plus other interesting stories from the past week and some sports news too. We conclude with Thoughts of the Week and the obituaries. The service is totally free and is our regular as is our ma- regular magazine and talking book service. You can contact us by telephone on O one nine O five seven six double seven double six. Or if you wish, you can put a note in your wallets when you return them. We respond as soon as we can and no one will be ignored. So good or bad, we look forward to hearing from you. I'm Kate and the team today with me are Patsy, Sandra and Peter. Barry is our technician and all the administration and copying is done by Carol Hartle and her team, to whom we extend a very grateful thanks. I'm going to hand over to Peter now for the useful telephone numbers. And uh, he will take over for a moment. OK, Peter, thank you. Hello.
1: Um, Worcester Talking News, a repeat of that one, 01905767766 Police, non-emergency, 101. NHS Direct, 111. Out of Hours Medical Assistance, oh three hundred one two three. 3211 between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Crime Stoppers 0800 555 111 Worcester Hub 01905 765 765 Worcestershire County Council here to help 01905 768053 Option 3 Domestic Abuse Helpline 0800 980 3331 Sense Adventures Walking for the Visually Impaired Phone D Jones on oh one six eight four eight nine one two nine seven. 891 297 Samaritans 116123 Free phone number Worcester Theatre Box Office 01905 611427 Malvern Theatre Box Office 01684 892277 Norbury Theatre Droitwich 01905 Number 8, Theatre Pershaw, 01386-555-488. Western Power, now to be called National Grid, 0800-917-7953, 24-hour service. Use this in the event of a power cut. There is a priority service register, free to register on 0800 032 8302. They will provide you with information, for example, in Braille, large print or alternative languages.
0: Thank you, Peter, very much. And now Sandra will um, give us uh, the birthday book and uh, the sunrise and sunset. Who have we got to wish happy birthday to today?
2: And it's happy birthday to Barbara Moss on the 8th of May. Jane Staples on the 9th of May and Jill Price on the 10th of May. And the sun rise, rose today at 5.34am and set at 8.39pm.
0: Thank you very much. And now, uh, what about some entertainment? Yes, we've got some
3: shows on the <laughs> line here. First of all, at the Swan Theatre, we've got the Dolly Show. That's Friday the 5th of May at 7.30, £25, but voted the UK's number one Dolly Parton tribute by the Agents Association of Great Britain, and undeniably one of the best Dolly impersonators you will ever see. West End star Kelly O'Brien is a true professional. This sensational tribute show is one of a kind. Kelly performs the beloved hits of country legend Dolly Parton brilliantly recreating the vitality and voice of the little lady from Tennessee. And then at the Huntington Hall, also on the 5th of May, at 7.30, uh, £32, I think, unless you do the £52 job, which is meet and greet.
0: Mm, Goodness.
3: Anyway, it's Dean Friedman, hailed by critics and fans alike as one of the finest songwriters of his generation. Dean Friedman has achieved legendary status for chart topping hits Ariel, Lucky Stars, Lydia, and more. John Friedman for an evening of powerful, poignant, hilarious songs about the ordinary and extraordinary lives we share. And then moving on, this is from, uh, I think it's the Malvern, yeah, Malvern <coughs> Theatre. And this is an exciting one. We've got The Sounds of Springsteen and it's The Sound of Springsteen brings to the stage some of the greatest hits and deep cuts from Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and continues their ever-popular tour around the UK. This fantastic eight-piece tribute to The Boss is ready to rock theatres across the country with songs such as Born in the USA, Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark and some of Bruce's most recent hits including Ghosts. This incredibly talented group of musicians have won the hearts and fans of fans and critics alike. And this is on Thursday the 11th of May at seven forty-five, uh, at £30.80. So that's Malvern. And now we've got the Norbury Theatre at Droitwich. And we have an interesting item here. This is on Wednesday the 17th and Saturday the 20th of May, it's Worcester, Gilbert and Sullivan Society, presenting the Mikado. It says, 50 years ago, a small group of people met and formed the society known as the Worcester, Gilbert and Sullivan Society. Their first production was the Mikado, so it is with great delight that we're performing it as our anniversary production. Mikado is the most internationally successful Savoy opera and is one of the most frequently played musical theatre pieces in history. Nanki Poo, the son of the Japanese Emperor Mikado, has fled to the imaginary town of Titipu to avoid marrying Katisha, an older woman. However, he ends up falling in love with Yum-Yum, who is betrothed to the Lord High Executioner, Coco. Under the expert baton of Sue Black and the direction of Bev Butler, this comic opera in two acts is sure to please any audience. Saturday matinee, 2.30, tickets £14 or £5 for students. And the next is an event, and this is at Numbers 8, and it's called Orchestra of the Swan, Rococo. And I think probably it's got people in it called Jesse Montgomery from Starburst, Warlock, Capriol Suite. Tchaikovsky arranged lupage, variations on a Rococo theme. Martinu are lupage, variations on a theme of Rossini. Tchaikovsky, serenade for strings in C major, op 48. I think that must be opus, mustn't it? (laughs) This evening's concert erupts into life with Starburst, a multi-dimensional soundscape of exploding gestures and gentle fleeting melodies. New arrangements of two fiery sets of variations for cello and orchestra follow on. Variation on a Rococo theme, the closest Tchaikovsky came to writing a cello concerto, and Martineau's wickedly beguiling set of variations on a melody from Rossini's opera Moses in Egypt. Tchaikovsky's radiant serenade for strings provides an electrifying conclusion. Cello, Matthew Sharp, director David Lepage or Page, and that's on friday the 5th at 7:30 with a pre-concert talk at 6:45 p.m. tickets are 16 pounds for 16 and under 10 pounds it's a 2 hours with an interval included and the next date is again on 6th of may coronation screening and then heathers the musical Welcome to Westerberg High, where Veronica Sawyer is just another of the nobodies, dreaming of a better day, when Veronica is unexpectedly taken under the wings of the three beautiful and creole heathers. Her dreams of popularity finally start to come true, until the mysterious teen rebel DJ turns up and teaches her that it might kill to be a nobody, but it's murder being a somebody. Wickedly funny, with dazzling script, music and lyrics by Kevin Murphy and Lawrence O'Keefe, this stage show is based on the 1988 cult film that starred Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Produced by Bill Kenwright and Paul Taylor Mills, with assured direction and electrifying choreography, this is one class production you can't afford to skip, recorded in London's West End. So that's the 6th of May at 7 o'clock. Tickets £15, student £10, two hours, 20 minutes, with an interval included. And finally, we have an exhibition. It's called From the Cornish Coast to the Malvern Hills, British Impressionism from the 19th and 20th Century. It's from the 4th of March to the 1st of July, and it's free entry. It's at Worcester City Art Gallery. They have an audio description, that's to say headsets, are available. And it's just British, British Impressionist and characteristically painted en plein air and with free brushstrokes and joyful colours, focusing on the interplay between working people's families at leisure and the landscape they live in. Exhibition brings together wonderful works from the Worcester City collection. Uh, the Bowman Trust and the Southampton Art Gallery to celebrate the links between Worcestershire and the Newlyn School of Artists who were pivotal in this magi- magical immo- movement of British art the exhibition includes paintings by Stanhope Forbes Dame Laura Knight and Elizabeth Forbes Camille and Lucien Pissarro are represent the influence of French impressionisms so that's the Tuesday 14th of March 2pm bite-sized talk with an introduction to the wonderful British Depressionism works in Worcester.
0: Thank you very much, Patsy. There's lots of choice there, isn't there, for people mm, to, to pick from. Right, now the headlines for this week. Uh, this is Friday, April the twenty-eighth. The headline was a dramatic ford rescue. Officers form a human chain to pull woman from car. Desperate efforts by police officers to rescue a woman from a car submerged in a flooded ford has been released. Officers formed a human chain to pull the woman from her white Mini, which was almost completely submerged in Walcott Lane Ford between Pershaw and Drake's Broughton. Thanks to the Worcester officers' actions, the woman was successfully rescued and escaped without serious injuries. Video footage shows officers linking arms before one smashes the window and pulls the driver to safety. Officers received a frantic 999 call from the driver, who is in her 40s, and found she was already 10 metres downstream and submerged underwater. Chief Inspector Brian Gibbs said Tuesday's rescue is a stark reminder of how water can be. He said, unfortunately, the woman found herself in difficulty in the Ford and we're really pleased officers were able to act so swiftly and rescue her before the vehicle sank too far under the water. Thankfully, she wasn't injured during the incident. This is, however, a stark reminder of how dangerous the water can be and we would always urge motorists to take care and avoid driving through large pools of water. I am immensely proud of the work of our team. They all acted in the finest traditions of policing, acting quickly and instinctively, working together as a team to rescue the lady. Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service was also called to Walcott Lane Ford near Pershore at just before 8am. A spokesperson said water rescue vehicles from Worcester and Evesham fire stations were sent out along with water first responders from Malvern. The drone from Ledbury and radar or urban search and rescue dogs are urban search and rescue dog. On HWFRS arrival, a woman in her 40s had already been rescued by the police from her car, which was stuck in the Ford. The woman was left in the care of the ambulance service, with the police arranging vehicle recovery and closing the road on either side of the Ford. The incident status was changed into impending closure for HWFRS at 8.58am. To watch the video, visit worcesternews.co.uk.
1: This is from Saturday and Sunday, April the 29th and April the 30th. Drug arrest after crash. A man in his 50 was arrested after a car flipped during a crash in Tunnel Hill, Worcester. A man failed a drugs test and was arrested after a car ended up on its roof in a dramatic crash. Police and ambulance rushed to the scene of the crash in Tunnel Hill in Worcester at 5.30pm on Thursday, April the 26th. Neighbours rushed into the street after hearing a loud bang to see the Audi on its roof and of the cars damaged. We can now reveal a man in his 50s has been arrested. He declined to go to hospital after an ambulance arrived but was ultimately taken to Worcester Royal Hospital by officers from West Mercia Police. The top of the car appeared to be partially crushed by the impact with broken glass strewn across the road. A spokesperson for West Mercia Police said, We received a report of a collision involving one car that had overturned on Tunnel Hill in Worcester at around 5.45 on Thursday. A man in his 50s was arrested at the scene having failed a drug swipe. He was taken by officers to be checked over at the Worcester Royal Hospital, Hereford and Worcester Fire Service attended to make the car safe. The road remained closed while recovery was arranged. The road was reopened around 8.15pm. A spokesperson for the West Midlands Ambulance Service said, we were called to a single vehicle on Tunnel Hill at 530 One ambulance and paramedic officer attended the scene on arrival. On arrival, we discovered a car that had come to rest on its roof and one male patient following assessment. The man did not wish to go to hospital, so he was discharged at the scene. We have previously reported how the road was closed. There were two police vehicles and an ambulance at the scene. A neighbour said, we were inside and heard a loud bang. It's hit another car coming down the hill, which has then gone into my car. Police at the scene said at the time the driver managed to get out of the vehicle and was being seen by ambulance staff.
2: On Monday, May the 1st, the main headline was Woman is feeling violated by car thieves. Owner tells of panic after vehicle taken from driveway. A woman was left feeling horrendous and violated after her car was stolen from her drive in the early hours of the morning. Sophie Tandy's Volkswagen Tiguan was parked on a driveway on South Croft in St Johns when it was stolen in the early hours of Friday morning, April the 28th. CCTV footage captured by neighbouring properties has pinpointed the theft taking place between the hours of 3:10 a.m. and 4:10 a.m. However, it is not known how the thieves managed to make off with the car as they did not have the keys. Mrs Tandy said she began to panic when she woke up and saw her car missing from outside her house. She said, It is horrendous. It has left me feeling violated. I noticed the car was missing at about 6.45am and immediately started panicking. Thanks to neighbours, we've been able to paint a picture of when it was taken. Some neighbours have reported seeing someone around the same time of the theft trying car doors. I am just really gutted. Mrs Tandy said there was no sign of a break-in and the only thing to be taken was her car. She said, our home has not been entered and there is no sign of any attempt that has been made. There also was not any broken glass from the car on the drive or near our home that would have suggested a break-in. I have sent everything to the police and I'm hoping something can be done. A spokesperson for West Mercia Police said we can confirm we have received a report of a theft of a vehicle at 7am on Friday morning in South Croft, Worcester. Inquiries are currently ongoing. If you have any information regarding the theft of the Volkswagen Teigen, you can contact West Mercia Police by calling one oh one or by using the online Tell Us About form on the West Mercia Police website at https://www.westmercia.police.uk/slash <laughs> slash, slash, TUA/slash Tell Us About/slash. Alternatively, you can contact Crimestoppers anonymously by calling 0800 555 111 or by visiting crimestoppersuk.org. Right, headline for
3: Tuesday, May the 2nd, called Support for Nurses. Nurses received widespread vocal support and even offers of money for their big biggest strike yet as they formed a picket line outside a Worcester Hospital. Around 25 to 30 nurses were on the roundabout near Worcestershire Royal Hospital in Worcester between 10am and 2pm yesterday as car horns honked in support. It was not just the nurses on the picket line but their families, including young children. Sophie Page, an A&E nurse and RCN member, said nurses had even been given chocolates by supporters as members of the public sounded their car horns in support. A large Royal College of Nursing banner was stretched out across the grass which read understaffed, undervalued, underpaid and enough is enough. The 31-year-old A&E nurse who works at the Worcester Hospital said people even tried to offer us money which we refused. I feel there's a lot of public support. Keep supporting us and thank you for your continued support. She said the main reason for the strikes was the impact of poor staffing levels on patient care. I would rather be at work. We're here because we care about our patients. I care about the NHS. It's not all about the money, it's about patient care, she added. We previously reported how junior doctors manned the picket line at the same spot last month, also receiving public support. As people sounded car horns and ambulances activated their sirens, during the four days of industrial action by the British Medical Association (BMA), this latest industrial action was by the Royal College of Nurses and lasted from Sunday, April the 30th, until Monday, May the 1st. Health Secretary Steve Barclay has said he is cautiously, cautiously optimistic that unions will accept the current pay offer for nurses despite increasingly heated rhetoric between negotiators. Today, unions in the NHS staff council will consider the offer of a 5% pay increase for 2023-24, along with a one-off payment worth between 1655 and 3789 for the current financial year for nurses in England. This comes as the RCN launched its biggest strike yet, at 8pm on Sunday, involving thousands of nurses, including intensive care and cancer specialists. Mr Barclay criticised the action as disrespectful to today's meeting with unions, whom he believes could accept the pay deal, while RCN General Secretary Pat Cullen urged him not to be disrespectful to nurses. Meanwhile Miss, Miss Cullen told the PA news agency more strikes could be on the horizon as RCN members vote on further action later this month. Speaking at a picket outside University College Hospital in Central London, she said Mr Barclay had lost the public and certainly lost any respect that our nursing staff had for him and this government. The RCN strike, which ends just before midnight, Involves nursing staff from A&E, intensive care and cancer care for the first time.
0: The headline on Wednesday, May the 3rd, Police Hunt City Sex Attacker. A teenage girl has reported being sexually assaulted on her way to school in Worcester. The incident happened at approximately 8.10am in Tunnel Hill in Worcester when she was walking to school and a man approached her and assaulted her. Investigating officers are releasing a CCTV image of a man they may they believe may be able to help them with their inquiries. He is described as tall, around twenty years old, with blackish brown straight hair, wearing an orange tie dyed jumper with black on it, grayish jogging bottoms and trainers. Investigating Officer PC Rebecca Paley said we're releasing CCTV images of the man that we would like to speak to in connection with this incident. He may be able to help us with our inquiries and I would encourage either the man in the picture or anyone who thinks they may recognise him to get in touch with police as soon as they're able to. We understand that the CCTV image is from the back however the orange tie-dye top is very distinctive. We're keen to speak to anyone who may have been in the area at the time or were within the vicinity at the time and may have seen him. The incident happened on Monday, march twentieth. Anyone with any information is asked to contact PC Rebecca Paley on O seven nine seven seven two three five five eight one or by email rebecca.paley one at westmercia.policeuk. UK. Alternatively, if you have information but don't feel comfortable speaking to police, you can speak to the independent charity Crime Stoppers. It is 100% anonymous, they never ask your name, and they cannot trace your call or IP address. You can contact them online or by calling 0800 555 111.
1: This is Thursday the May, May the 4th. A Bodybuilder's Takeaway Diet. He says, I eat three a day. Nutrition is the key. The Worcester business owner said he has gone from dad bod to bodybuilder by eating takeaway three times a day. <laughs> Luca Gabriel, who runs Bear Grills Takeaway in Bridley Road, Warnton Villages, has lost 40 pound in weight and puts much of it down to his changing diet. Nutrition is the key to everything, he said. The right food can transform your whole body, both aesthetically and internal. Before, I had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, fatty liver and sleep apnea. Now that's all gone and I've been having three out of my four meals here at Bear Grylls. I was out of shape before, but now I'm 46 and I look like a fitness model and nutrition is the key. Luca has overcome four big muscle tears in the past two years. He was once a professional football coach working with the likes likes of West Bromwich Albion and Burton Albion before a spell as head of youth development at Worcester City. And it was his fitness background that was in Luca's mind when he launched Bear Grills. The whole point of this place was to do fast food that is good food, he said. Whatever you order are wraps, pitter burgers, Nothing is fried, everything is grilled. Fried food contains build-ups of acrylamide, which is really bad for you. The staff here will tell you the calorie content of our food. It's even written on the wall. Before he knew it, this approach to cooking healthy food had a visible effect on Luca. I'd been in fitness for a long time, but had never been able to teach it, he said. When the new unit came up and we launched bare grills." I was spending so much time here that I ended up eating my meals here and watched my weight go down. Bear Grills is probably the only restaurant you could eat at every day, three times a day, and still achieve this level of lifestyle change. Now I've gone back and started training again, and it's even started a new career for me. I'm now an online aesthetics coach helping people with their body transformations. Mr Gabriel said he is happy to help anyone... Who wants to lose weight? You can find him on Instagram at Luca Gabriel.
0: Thank you very much. And now some items from, from the whole week that you may find interesting
2: Worcester MP trying to aid doctor in Sudan. Worcester's MP says he is doing what he can to help a city doctor after it was reported he was denied a place on an evacuation plane out of Sudan. Worcester MP Robin Walker says he has been in contact with the Foreign Office about the emergency doctor who works at Worcestershire Royal Hospital and who has become stuck in Sudan with his family during the conflict. The MP's intervention comes as David Raven, a colleague of the unnamed doctor, revealed his frustration at the situation after it was reported to doctors the Worcestershire doctor among them, had been denied a seat on the evacuation plane. Mr Raven, divisional director, urgent care and EM consultant, wrote on Twitter, This is infuriating. Our team are on edge wanting one of our own to get back safely. Fighting first broke out in Sudan on Saturday, April 15th, in a clash between regime factions. The city's MP said he also intended to take up the matter with health ministers. It's understood the doctor, who worked at Worcestershire Royal Hospital in Worcester, is not a British citizen and lives in the constituency of Saki Barty, MP for Meriden. We have approached Mr Barty for a comment about the ongoing situation. Mr Walker said, because the unnamed doctor lives in Mr Barty's constituency, it may be him who is updated about the situation with regard to the doctor. He said, I see there is some suggestion that they are saying they can only help British citizens, not people who work in Britain who aren't British citizens. Mr Walker said his view was that if someone works in our hospitals, we want to be putting pressure on. My understanding is that he's not a British citizen but has been working here on a visa that allows him to work here as a medic. That does complicate the situation as, particularly for evacuations, they're prioritising UK citizens. We want to push back on this. This is someone who is essential and has been working in our NHS, said Mr Walker. Matthew Hopkins, Chief Executive of Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust, said in a previous statement, I have written to the Secretary of State for Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Affairs, as well as our local MP Robin Walker, to urge that they do all they can to ensure his safe return as soon as possible. This one says Fun
3: at Lawns Nursing Home. Mavis, 95, is Queen. Residents at a care home got a taste of royalty in their own handmade chariot. Several residents at the Lawns Nursing Home had a ride around in King Charles's royal carriage. The vehicle was made out of a wheelchair and a huge cardboard box and decorated with gold paint, glitter and other items found in the staff's craft box. Mavis, age 95, said, Who would have thought it? A queen for a day at my age! What a wonderful afternoon. Josephine, 96, added, Everyone is so friendly and all the children from the school have curtsied or bowed. It's been lovely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A group of visually impaired Morris dancers from Morven have shown the public what disabled people can do at a country music festival. So Excited Morris took part in Upton Folk Festival's traditional parade last Sunday and started off the afternoon's dancing outside the King's Head. So Excited is the only visually impaired group of Morris dancers in the country. All the dancers and half the band have sight loss and were accompanied by three guide dogs at the parade. It's a busy time for the group at the moment. They also took part in the Mayor's Peaks Challenge in Priory Park on Saturday and the Well Dressing and Water Festival on Monday. On Monday, May the 8th, they will be part of Ledbury's coronation celebrations and you can catch them dancing next to the iconic Market House at 12.15pm. So excited squire Shirley Sheridan said... This was the second time we have participated in the Upton Folk Festival and again as a visually impaired group it is such an amazing experience to be accepted alongside all the other groups and to just enjoy the whole thing. I feel very proud of what we have been able to achieve. We highlight and show the public what visually impaired disabled people can do when we are given the opportunity to do so enjoying our life rather than being isolated at home. We are also thrilled to be part of our local community, doing what we can to spread fun and laughter at all sorts of events, while at the same time supporting worthwhile causes. We are looking forward to bringing our own special brand of exuberance to Ledbury coronation event on Monday.
1: New arrivals at the Cathedral. The Cathedral has had two new feathery arrivals. A mated pair of peregrines have finally met their chicks, After setting up a nest at Worcester Cathedral, it marks the first time in ten years since chicks have successfully hatched at the cathedral. The two birds first arrived in 2022. This year, the same pair has returned to to a nest built by the Cathedral Works team. There should be two more joining them over the next couple of days. The chicks will begin to fledge around the end of May to early June.
2: I'll terrorise you for life. A 21-year-old man bombarded a former partner with late-night messages, including one that said, I will terrorise you for the rest of your life. The victim, who was harassed by Oliver Edge of Thomas Baxter Close Worcester, reported him to police after she found in one night he had left her 19 messages between 1.40am and 5.50am. Alicia Adams, prosecuting, told the court Edge and the victim had been in a relationship between January and August last year, and the relationship was then on and off. Miss Adams said on November the 25th she blocked him on all methods of communication and made it clear she wanted no more contact with him. But the prosecutor said on December the 15th, between those hours, Edge made 19 calls, leaving voice messages after each. Miss Adams said during the calls the victim was called a bitch and Edge told her, I want to hurt you. He also made the contact about terrorising the victim. It left her feeling very scared, Miss Adams said. She says she does not have to put up with it and wanted to be left alone after arrest edge told police he could not remember the offense having been binge drinking adding when the evidence was presented to him he admitted it amounted to harassment edge admitted harassment without violence and sending a letter stroke communication conve- conveying an indecent offensive message when he appeared at Worcestershire magistrate's court on Thursday April the 27th Catherine Mayne-Reed, defending, said the defendant was suffering mental health issues and ADHD and had recognised there had been a pattern in his relationship before he broke up with partners. Mrs Mayne-Reed said on the night he sent the messages, Edge had been binge drinking. But she stressed the defendant recognised the relationship was over and had sent no more messages. The solicitor added Edge had also sought help for his alcohol problem, using that and other substances as a coping mechanism. Judith Holland, chairman of the magistrate's bench, told Edge he would be fined £120 and would pay £185 costs and £48 victim surcharge. The chairman said Edge would also be given a six-month restraining order preventing him from contacting the victim for the next six months. Next item is a call for offensive park
3: name to be changed. A woman is calling for Cripplegate Park to be renamed in case it causes offence to people. Helen Richards has lived in Worcester since the age of three and said the name has always made her feel sad and uncomfortable. Cribblegate comes from an old English word which means low opening in a fence or wall to allow the passage of sheep from one field to another. Miss Richards, however, fears some people will be offended by the use of the word cripple and believes the park in Tybridge Street should be renamed in honour of Queen Elizabeth II. Historian Paul Harding, who runs Discover History with his wife Helen, said the park's name has been called into question before, but he believes it should remain. Mr Harding said the name has been brought up before and each time I can see the views of both sides. After discussing it, it's usually forgotten about again. The term Cripplegate is a very old and not tied to Worcester. It's a term used across Britain to meaning restriction. In this case, a narrow passage or lane to control cattle before they cross the city bridge. However, Miss Richards, aged 63, said, "'It's so sad. It's such a beautiful area, and why not make it better by giving it a pretty name?' I'm a mother of six, and I have so many fond memories of having picnics in the park. The name is misleading because people will make the assumption that disabled people used to gather there to beg or to be fed in the past.' and some of them could be children. That is the obvious connection they make and you don't think it means narrow passage. The name might stop people from using the park. The name of the park makes me feel uncomfortable and sad and I automatically made that connection. In modern language, that is the obvious connection. I've lived in Worcester most of my life and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Mr Harding added, personally, I don't think the park should be renamed. But if the powers-to-be were going to rename the park, I have numerous suggestions, including Yeoman Park and Katia Park.
0: Readers have called for a new layout and drivers to retake tests in response to busy retail parks entrance and exit being called a nightmare. Blackpool Retail Park is one of the busiest retail parks in Worcester, with businesses such as McDonald's, Marks & Spencer, Pets at Home, Costa, Greggs, Halfords and Curry's PC World. A local driving instructor and a city councillor highlighted that the retail park has issues with the entrance exit and the owners of the retail park said that they plan to make changes to the current layout. Worcester news readers have been weighing in on the story, posting their comments on our Facebook site. Sheila English said, I never go there at the weekend if I can help it. It's too stressful. Full stop. Stuart Bayliss suggested that a one-way system needs to be implemented. He said there needs to be one way in and one way out. A spokesperson from Legal and General Investment Management, which owns the site, said... We will be replacing all current road markings with a straight-through road from the main entrance, remarking the crossings and adding speed bumps to slow traffic down on approach from all four directions. Work will take place throughout May. We hope the changes will resolve the current confusion and we will keep this under review. Despite the plans to change, many commenters said that it was not the layout and instead the quality of the driving. Mandy Bocat said, it is just bad driving. The road markings are quite clear there, if only they'd read them. Ruth Bayer said, maybe these people need to take their test again. Give way to the right people. It is simple. Dave Harford shared the same opinion as Ruth, saying, if people can't drive in and out of here, please get your your licence back to the authorities. Currently, those entering and exiting the retail park are advised to slow their vehicles in case there is already a vehicle exiting in front of them. Drivers exiting from both left and right within the retail park are also advised to stop by by large lettering on the road. There are also pedestrian uh, pedestrian crossings across all directions and a yellow box to prevent people from waiting in all
1: directions. Ready for up and away, hot air balloons shaped like fire extinguishers, coffee cups and houses will be among those taking to the skies above Worcester this month. The city's first hot air balloon festival takes place at Pitchcroft on Friday, May the twelfth and Saturday, May the thirteenth. Worcester Balloon Festival said a total of fifty-eight hot air balloons have applied to take part in what promises to be a spectacular weekend. Balloon ascents and Spectacular Night Glows will take place on both evenings, weather permitting, following fireworks displays at 9.30. Saturday will also see a full schedule of arena entertainment, including an American Civil War reenactment with cannons. There will be motorbike stunts from the Squibb Freestyle Motorbike Team and the Stanage Stunt Team. Live music will come from Vocal High School and Got to Sing or there will be circus workshops taking place throughout Friday evening and all day Saturday. Guests will get the chance to meet the Civil War soldiers and learn how they live, as well as birds of prey. On Friday May 12th, the festival opens at 4pm and will close at 10.30pm. Gates then open again on Saturday May 13th at 12pm, and the festival will stay open again until 10.30pm. Where to buy tickets for Worcester Balloon Festival? Tickets to the Saturday of the festival are £20, plus a £1 booking fee for a family ticket, two adults and two children, and can be booked in advance at skiddle.com. Organisers have said... There will be tickets available to buy on the day, but recommend booking in advance to ensure you don't miss out. According to the festival organisers, there will be a limited parking at the race course on festival days. There are plenty of council operated car parks in the area, including Moors, Pitchcroft, Croft Road, Cattle Market, Newport Street, and Crown Gate. Thank you.
0: And now some sport items. Um, Now, I've got one here. Um, This Agbra set to host derby match. The local derby between league rivals, Kidderminster Harriers women and Worcester City women will take place at Agbra Stadium under the lights next week. The West Midlands Regional Women's Football League clash between the two sides will take centre stage at the home of Kidderminster Harriers as both clubs play their penultimate league matches of the 2022-23 season. Both teams have have had encouraging seasons despite being out of the picture for their title and will be keen to end their season on a high in front of a big crowd at Agborough. City sit fourth with 32 points, five points behind Harriers, with a game in hand. But if City win their league game this weekend at leaders Sutton Coalfield Town, they remain in with a shout of catching Kidminster and finishing in the runners-up spot. Harriers have been enjoying a great season themselves in the league and cup, sitting second in the standings. The Reds will host City under the Agbra lights on May the 3rd. Oh, what's happened then? fresh from recently having beaten them in a thrilling penalty shootout to reach the final of the WFA County Cup. Tickets for the clash. Well, I won't tell you about the price of the tickets because it's already happened, I'm afraid. I I really don't know the results, so I can't help you there. Right, Peter.
1: Okay, stars on show. International stars will be in action when Sussex are Worcestershire's opponents at New Road. Three of the most prolific batters of the modern era in test cricket will do battle in Thursday's county championship encounter between Worcestershire and Sussex at New Road. Aza Ali, Steve Smith and Cheteshwar Pujara have scored more than 23,000 test runs between them and all three will be involved in what promises to be a spectacle for spectators this week. In total, the talented trio have amassed 68 test centuries and have been key figures for Pakistan, Australia and India during the past decade. Worcestershire's AZA totaled 7,142 runs in 97 tests with 19 tonnes before retiring from international cricket this winter, including a career-best 302 not out against West Indies in Dubai seven years ago. He said, it will be great for our members to have the opportunity to see players of the class of Steve and Chetsuwa playing domestic cricket in the same game. Both of them have had superb careers and we saw Chetsuwa quality with a century at New Road for Sussex in last season's championship game. I have had many battles with them over the years at test level and it can only be of benefit to our bowlers to be competing against bowling to such players and a great learning curve. Smith played five T20 matches for Worcestershire against Nottinghamshire, Yorkshire, Durham and Northamptonshire and in those days was largely regarded as a leg spinner and a useful batter but since those days he has gone on to become one of the most talented batters in world cricket with 8,792 test runs from 96 tests at an average of 59.8 with 30 centuries. He is playing three championship matches for Sussex ahead of the Ashes series with England this summer. Smith hit a highest test score of 239 against England in 2017. Pujara has played 102 tests for India, totaling 7,154 runs with 19 hundreds and his highest score is also against England 206. Worcestershire will be hoping to add more points to their 2023 season tally having played three matches which have brought about one win, one draw and one defeat.
2: The deal is done. Atlas Consortium complete takeover at Warriors. The Atlas Consortium have officially completed their takeover at Worcester Warriors, it has been confirmed by Administrators Begby's trainer. After eight months of turmoil, the rugby club is now under the ownership of the Atlas Group, directed by former executive Jim O'Toole and James Sanford. Begby's released a 27-page progress report last week confirming that Atlas were appointed at the club on February 1st, 2023 when they paid an an exclusivity fee of £500,000 as a non-refundable deposit which triggered the start of the 90-day completion period. That period ended yesterday. And despite no news on the day, it was confirmed at lunchtime on Wednesday that Atlas had now completed the takeover. Atlas, Worcester Warriors Rugby Football Club, are delighted to confirm they have completed on the transaction with the administrators and now look forward to delivering their vision for rugby, the business and the wider community at Six Ways, a statement from the consortium said. Atlas thanked Begbie's trainer and their advisors for their collaborative approach, alongside the Warriors fans and wider rugby community, for their patience and support. Atlas would also like to acknowledge the role of Aaron Harlow and his team at Shoesmiths in guiding us through this challenging and complex process from start to finish. A final special thanks and recognition must also go to the staffer to six ways who have kept the venue management operation going successfully. Their tireless work continues to keep people employed while successfully delivering for a range of clients during challenging circumstances. Atlas acknowledged they have been quiet in the media until today having been focused on the complexities of the deal and the various elements required to regenerate a sustainable business for the community of Worcester. They will announce the next Fans Forum date soon as they push forward to ensure a bright future for all at Six Ways. Attention now turns to what might happen next. Atlas' original plans had included bringing local side Starbridge to Six Ways to play under the name of Worcester Warriors in Level 5, Midlands 1. But the the RFU have already stated that a return would be accepted, but only if that was at the very bottom of the pyramid, down at Level 10. The news that Atlas have completed the takeover could also pave the way for Wasps to make their move to Six Ways, as was stated back in February. Information about
3: football now has to do with Droitwich being in the final. It says team reach playoff final after a dramatic shootout win. Droitwich Spa have booked their place in the Midland Football League Division 1. Final after a dramatic semi-final win over Hinkley. No, Hickley, not Hinkley. Saltman had been 3-1 with 10 minutes to go, but Connor Collins' penalty and Josh Herdman's stunner sent the tie to penalties, where keeper Dominic Rogerson was the hero as Droitwich won 4-2. Spa had taken the lead in the first half through Alex Dugmore no, they've changed it to Hinckley now. So responded through Matt. Dawson and took the lead when Chandler Pegg fired past Rogerson. Peck extended the lead after the break, but Collins and Herdman struck late on to send the title penalties. Rogerson's saves from Collins and Josh Willis proved decisive, as Droitwich booked their spot in the playoff final via Sam Herdman's winning kick. The hosts had started on the front foot, but Droitwich were rewarded for their defensive efforts just after the half-hour mark, when Dugmore headed home from a free kick. But it was an instant response from the hosts as Dawson cut inside onto his left foot before drilling a precise finish into the far corner. And Hinkley completed the turnaround just nine minutes later, when Pegg's ferocious drive from outside the box sailed past Dominic Rogerson in the Droitwich goal. Peg then made it 3-1 in the second half before the Salt men staged their dramatic comeback in the last ten minutes. Connor Collins pulled one back from the spot in the 81st minute before they equalised only a minute later with a stunning strike from Josh Herdman. That sent the game to penalties, and Rogerson saves from Collins and Josh Willis proved decisive as Droitwich booked their spot in the playoff final via Sam Hernman's winning kick.
0: Thank you. That's all. That's our sports supplement tonight. Um, now, a vegan shop will be at festivals. This is one that's actually started its life as a pop-up van in Angel Place. A vegan chicken, chicken shop will be plating up its plant-based dishes at major music festivals across the country this year. No frickin' chicken was first founded two years ago by Michelin-star chef Paddy Kelly and co-founder by his and co-founder by his partner Hannah Hughes. But this year, and just two years into the business, No frickin' chicken will be catering at Reading Festival, Glastonbury alongside Download and Green Man. The Worcester couple used to have a pop-up van in Angel Place, but they have been busy touring the country in their van for the past few months, and their food has even caught the eye of Game of Thrones star Iwan Rowan at Green Man Festival in Wales last year. The team is very excited to cater for the upcoming festivals, and Miss Hughes said she hopes to meet Elton John at Glastonbury. She said, I'm hoping to meet Elton John at Glastonbury, and I mean, I probably won't meet him, but hopefully he'll come to us if he's feeling hungry. I think he's vegetarian. I would also want to meet Lizzo. I know she's vegan. She could be hungry and try it. It would be good if they tried our food. However, Miss Hughes said she is excited and scared to cater for the upcoming events. Miss Hughes said, if you would have asked me two years ago if we would be going to Glastonbury, then I would have said, it's just too soon, we've only just started. But in January, when we applied, I had a feeling we will get it, because we had such a good first year. And we did. Positive thinking does go quite a long way. I didn't think we'd be going to festivals like this until five or six years into the business, so it's amazing and a bit scary. Glastonbury Festival organisers have two rounds in order to pick from hundreds of vendors who apply. She added organisers have first pick on vendors and they are offered a pitch in the first round, and vendors can say yes or no to the offer. But if a vendor is in the first round in the first round rejects the offer, then they pick another vendor in the second round. We were in the first pick, which shows what we are doing is quite unique and really good, and that is what is helping us to get so popular. She said, It wasn't my dream at all, but my partner has been a Michelin star chef for 10 years, and it has been his dream, and I'm just enjoying the ride. Anything that is chicken-based on our menu is his own recipe. It was quite a lot of trial and error, for about 3 or 4 months all we were doing was eating chicken burgers until we found the very best recipe
1: this next item is about the fish pass excited groups visited the diglis fish pass on bank holiday monday to commemorate the return of the endangered fish of an endangered fish to the river seven the unlocking of the seven held a drop in the unlocking of the seven team held a drop-in day for people to visit the Diglis Fish Pass to celebrate the Severn Shad Run. The event commemorates the return of the endangered Shad to the River Severn, which migrates into fresh water. Mike Ruston, an attendee of the drop-in session, said, We have walked past over the years as they have been building this and we have always wanted to go. The bank holiday was the perfect opportunity. Attendees were welcomed by the site volunteers who told them about the project, which allowed them to see the fish pass from above. Guests were then able to go down underneath the water to watch the short film and see through the underwater viewing window. Councillor Tom Piotrowski also visited the event and said how important the project has been for fish in the River Severn He said it's brilliant for attracting tourists but it has been so important for the fish migration. I was speaking to a volunteer and I was told that the first month after opening the fish pass there were 25 different species spotted. I am really happy to be here and I'm hoping I am able to see a few fish myself. Two large chub and a dace greeted attendees during the early tours. Corinne Spiller, social media executive for Unlocking the seven, said... May 1st is a really important day for the project. This time, the Shad Come Back to the River is around now. We also have lots of other migrating fish starting to come through the river as well. These drop-in sessions are a great opportunity to come down and visit the Fish Pass. But for more information about future events, you can visit the Unlocking the Severn website. Unlocking the Severn is a conservation and river engagement project being delivered by Canal and River Trust with partners Seven Rivers Trust, Environment Agency and Natural England. This project is funded from the National Lottery Heritage Fund and the European Union Life Programme.
2: Family fun day out at sensory party. 26 families with a disabled child enjoyed a play party thanks to a grant from Worcestershire Freemasons to the disability charity Contact. The visit, part of CONTACT's Better Together project at Worcester's Cheeky Monkeys, included a sensory area for children with additional needs, ball pool, rope bridge and an impressive four-lane jumbo slide. The Better Together family events are aimed at bringing whole families together to experience a day out, to build on relationships, reduce isolation and improve confidence and family well-being. The Days Out aim to provide opportunities for the family to experience some fun and help to create new friendships for disabled children and their siblings. The project also provides the opportunity for parent carers to get expert and trusted advice from contacts family support consultants and meet other parents who are facing similar challenges in their parenting journey. The grant from Worcestershire Freemasons comes from the Masonic Charitable Foundation which is funded by Freemasons, their families and friends from across England and Wales. Harriet Squirrel, Contacts Better Together events manager said We're very grateful to Worcestershire Freemasons for their generous grant. Contacts Better Together events like this wonderful visit to Cheeky Monkeys are aimed at bringing families closer together they're an opportunity to share fun experiences, make friends and build support networks. Stephen Wire, head of Worcestershire Freemasons said, I'm very pleased we've been able to help contact offer families in Worcestershire with disabled children an opportunity to have this unique experience and hopefully have loads of fun. We know that these children can become isolated and lacking in confidence and this kind of event can really help. We hope their activity day at Cheeky Monkeys has been enjoyable and full of excitement. Rescue after
3: boat crash Holidaymakers were rescued after a hire boat got caught in fast flowing river water and slammed into a bank. Starport Starline narrowboats said they were contacted by a UK-wide hire boat company who asked if they could assist in the recovery of a vessel that had become grounded. On Sunday, April 30, the boat had been taken far beyond the end of navigation sign by the holidaymakers on board and as soon as they realised their mistake, they attempted to turn the seven-foot-wide boat. The company said that the boat was caught by the racing water and hit a bank near Bewdley. The fire service rescued the occupants in the evening but was unable to recover the boat due to the location and the strength of the current. Rob Coop, operations manager from Starline Narrowboat, said the boat was stuck at a water current pinch point underneath the flyover bridge on the A456 near Blackstone Meadow and about a 45-minute cruise past the end of Navigable River. The water level is usually shallow to get that far up, but the rain had raised the level just enough to cruise up. The water level was dropping quite quickly, so we had a very limited window in which to recover the vessel. The water there is very shallow, rocky and fast-flowing, making it challenging for the fire and rescue services to evacuate the hirers from the narrow boat. From the water's edge, under the bridge, it looks very treacherous. Two of us agreed to attempt the recovery. We know the river relatively well and train people to handle these boats for a living. The water current was strong, making it a real struggle to get close enough to attempt the recovery as the boat was in a terrible position, half under the bridge. Through quick rope work, though, we managed to pull the stricken vessel free. The crew, who has previously been rescued, were there waiting to resume their holidays, this time taking a more sedate route up the canal.
0: Worcester dog owners are being warned about a deadly condition which is spreading fast across the country. There have been four cases of lungworm reported across Worcester and a further 16 cases around Worcestershire. Excuse me. Lungworm can be fatal to dogs and is spreading throughout the UK and Ireland. Cases have been reported in Lower Wick, Northwick, Warndon and the city centre. Elsewhere in South Worcestershire, Barnards Green in Malvern, Upton-upon-7, Pershore, and Droitbridge Spa all have confirmed cases. Lungworm is a parasite that can cause serious health problems in your pet and can be fatal if not diagnosed and treated. Infected dogs and foxes spread the parasite into the environment via lungworm larvae released in their faeces. Slugs and snails then ingest the larvae while feeding. Other dogs and foxes can become infected with lungworm when they swallow these slugs or snails or potential slime. The symptoms of the infection include coughing, changes in breathing or struggling to breathe, going off food, Upset stomach with vomiting or diarrhea, weight loss, tiredness, unexplained or excessive bruising, pale gums and bleeding. To prevent your dog from catching the condition, you can regularly use worm treatments. Pick up your dog's faeces quickly. This will help prevent the spread of lungworm. Remove toys and bowls from the garden overnight so they're not exposed to slugs and snails. Change the water in water bowls very, very frequently. Lungworm prevention medication must be given monthly and can only be prescribed by your vet. It cannot be transmitted to humans. A lungworm map monitoring cases has been set up for dog owners to check where cases are reported. The overall prevalence of lungworm in the fox population is now at 18.3%. A giant
1: insect to land in the city. A giant insect will fly into Worcester as part of its world tour. The solar butterfly will stop in the city before continuing on to Canada, the USA, Mexico and Central America. The large butterfly-shaped trailer will be displayed in Cathedral Square in the city before spending the night at the University of Worcester to recharge before continuing its tour. Solar butterfly was developed by Lucerne University of Applied Sciences in Switzerland and is powered entirely by the sun. Its world tour, which spans over 90 countries over four years, powered only by solar energy, aims to raise awareness of the climate crisis. During the day, Worcester residents will see the 80 square meter solar panel covered trailer, which also powers the Tesla vehicle towing it and participate in a climate quiz. The University of Worcester's sustainability team members will also be on hand to talk about their work the solar butterfly will be in Worcester on Thursday, June the
2: 1st. Estate is ready for opening. One of the most spectacular sights in Worcestershire will open soon. Millions of flowers are coming into bloom at the Wyke Manor Estate creating a sea of colour. The real flower petal com- confetti Company's field is always a popular attraction opening for just a few days each year. It has now been confirmed that the confetti flower field will open from June the 30th with tickets going on sale a week or so before. Manager Sally Young said we are thrilled with the response we've had from our open dates release. There seems to be lots of excitement out there to see the flowers. The little plants are growing well and we're hopeful that they will be tall and beautiful this summer. We are planning to put tickets on sale on June the 20th when we are sure the flowers are on track. The field is expected to open from June the 30th until July the 9th, depending on the weather. Last year, tickets sold out days in advance. After the field closes to visitors, the flowers will be used to make natural confetti which is biodegradable and sold by the pint around 10 handfuls at a price of £12.50. Customers can choose from a range of flowers including delphiniums, roses, hydrangeas, lavender and bougainvillea which are hand-picked before being dried and packaged. The bespoke service has been used by various celebrities including Madonna and Guy Ritchie and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas. Athlete Jessica Ennis used the confetti while marrying Andy Hill and Take That used it during their progress tour. Prince Harry also chose the firm's pale pink delphinium confetti to throw over Prince Charles and Camilla at their wedding in 2005. Team Spirit Makes Robotics Challenge
3: Pupils from a Worcester school have won a place in the final of a robotics challenge with a difference. Nunnery Wood High School's Year 8 Lego Robotics Club took part in the regional heat of the RAF Cosford Lego Robotics Challenge on April 19th. It comes as the computing department at Nunnery High has been running for a year Uh, the Year 8 Computer Club, with a focus on Lego robotics. The Lego block creations, combined with motors and controlled with Python code, allow the pupils to bring their Lego creations to life and perform tasks. The competition has held several heats up and down the country, with many schools taking part. The competition had four main components to it. The speed challenge, group presentation challenge, Matt and the team project. For the speed challenge, the quickest time would win. Penalty points seconds were added to the time if any infringements were incurred. Their second attempts did incur penalty points, but the EV3 speed robot, designed, created and programmed by Hugh, Omar, Sam and here, stood up to the challenge and was clearly the fastest robot on the day. For the challenge mat, Rachel stepped up with her support from her team members, Rosalyn, Aston and the speed team. The task for the team project was to build a rocket car using the material provided with only 10 minutes. However, the judges were looking at how the teams communicated and worked together to overcome any difficulties. All three teams completed the task and were rewarded with watching their rocket cars being fired along the floor using compressed air through the Berlin Wall Tunnel, a museum piece at RAF Cosford. No points awarded for this part, but the winning team who travelled the furthest was Aston, Omar and Sam's rocket car.
0: A convenience store that is relied upon by the elderly and young families needs saving, according to a counsellor. A spokesperson for Co-op previously refused to rule out the possibility that the shop on Ombersley Road near Collin Road was closing but also added that no decision had been made yet. Rumours that Clain's Co-op could be closing circulated on social media earlier this year. Councillor Mel Alcott, Worcestershire County and Worcester City Councillor for Clain's Ward has now launched an online petition in an attempt to save the shop. She said, I am very concerned about the possibility of the shop closing because it is so important to a lot of residents. We have a lot of elderly members of the community and young families in our ward that rely on the shop for essential items. It is always well stocked and the staff are so lovely and very helpful. To close the location would be a real loss to the community. Councillor Alcott said that there was no clear reason why they would even be considering closing the shop. She said, I am aware that we have had the new Little Open on Droitwich Road and also the new Three Counties produce location at the former Gillam's Farm site shop. But I do not think this is a direct competition for the co-op. There is also the co-op on the other end of Ombudsley Road, but this is not an option for many residents in the area. There just does not seem to be any sound reason for this successful store to close. A spokesperson for Co-op said, Like all retailers, Co-op regularly reviews its sites and we are considering all the options for the store. No decision has yet been made and the store remains committed to serving the community. The petition has now amassed 230 signatures. Suggestions have been made that the shop may be taken over by either NISA or Circle K, an American convenience store chain. However, Hal Haldas, Circle K's Director of Communications in Europe, previously said, I wish it was the case, but so far we don't have any businesses in England. And uh, that's the end of our articles um, this evening. Um, so I would like to say goodbye and thank you very much to Peter. Thank you. To Sandra and to um, Patsy. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> And now the thought for the day. Um, This is taken from John 19 verses 16 to 19. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which is Aramaic and called Golgotha. Here they crucified him and with two other people as well, one on either side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And now I shall read the obituaries for this week. Olive Matthews, known as Anne, passed away suddenly, aged 91, on April the 19th. Her funeral will take place at St Andrew's Church near Bromyard on Tuesday, May the 16th at 2pm. Family flowers only, please, but donations if desired for the RNIB. Jenny Harper passed away on the 4th of April, aged 77 years. Her funeral service is at St. Leonard's Church, Cutheridge, wr Five lz on Tuesday the 9th of May at 1.45. Flowers may be sent to EJ Gummory and Son, 68 to 70 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Or donations in memory to Worcestershire Wildlife Trust on 01905 or online at wwwworcestershirewildlifetrustcouk dash donate. Stanley Cox passed away peacefully on the 9th of April, aged 92 years. Now, we have no details, unfortunately, about uh, funeral arrangements for him, uh, but uh, it talks about his family and how he will be greatly missed. Ruth Jardine, formerly of Sutton Coalfield and Cherry Orchard Post Office, passed away peacefully on the 23rd of April, aged 98 years. Her funeral service is at Worcester Crematorium on Thursday, the eleventh of May, at ten forty-five a.m. Family flowers only, please, but donations, if desired, for the RSPB may be left on the collection plate at the crematorium, or sent to E.J. Gumery and Son, sixty-eight to seventy Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR3 7EU. Maurice James passed away after a long illness on the 17th of April. His funeral will be held at the Vale Crematorium on the 4th of May at 4pm. Donations to the Dementia Society, please. Alfred Saul Clayton, or Tibby, as he was currently uh, always known, he passed away peacefully on the 2nd of April, aged 94 years. His funeral service is at Worcester Crematorium on Friday the fifth of May at ten forty-five a.m. Family flowers or donations, if desired, for the Royal Navy and Royal Marines Charity, may be sent again to E. J. Gumery and Son, sixty-eight to seventy Embassy Road, Worcester, WR three three seven EU. There will be a collection plate also at the crematorium. Dorothy Sanders passed away peacefully on the sixth of April, aged ninety. Her service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Friday, may the fifth, at ten AM. Family flowers only, but donations, if desired, to the British Heart Foundation may be left in the donation box. And Marie Berth Ory, and we all we have for her is that, that she was born on the twenty third of October 1927 and she has died on the 2nd of the 2nd 2023 and it says may she rest in peace so we don't have any more details about that I'm afraid but our sincere condolences go out to everyone uh, connected to those people their families and their friends And I would finally like to say that I hope that you will all enjoy some of the events of the coronation this weekend. I couldn't let this evening go by without mentioning it because it's quite a a special historic event. And we wish you a very happy, healthy and very safe weekend and time to come, of course, late in the next week. And hope you have a very special time in whatever way you, you choose to either celebrate or acknowledge the event. Take care. Good night.